0: Welcome back to Train Brave Podcast, I'm Renee McGregor
1: and I'm Chris Hendy and guys today we are going to be talking about the dark side of sport Um, and before we dive into this I want us to kind of just understand is that today is about understanding that there's simply too much emphasis on performance and outcome and not enough on the health for performance and we're going to be kind of breaking this into two sections today uh, the holistic side of things and the training side of things.
0: Yeah, I think like um, from a purely holistic point of view, one of the things to probably start with is is the mentality, right? Is the mentality of individuals that go into sport. Um, and when I talk about sport and, and we're talking about this dark side, we are obviously talking about all levels and all ages and all genders, you know, just to make that very clear, um, because I think... It, you know, a lot of people will associate this just with elite level, and that's not what we're talking about. There's a lot of people we work with who take their own sport very, very seriously, um, and they might be recreational, but actually still competing at a fairly high level. Yeah. Um, so if we think about those individuals, and I'd put myself in that mix as well, is you know we've said this before, but these p- individuals tend to be very driven, very focused, very determined. Um, quite obsessive they often will be highly critical as well of themselves Um, they can be quite sensitive but they also tend to have quite a perfectionist mindset and obviously you know something to remember about perfectionist mindset is that nothing's ever enough you're constantly pushing for more and more and more so you know you put that individual into a competitive environment you don't put the right framework in place for these individuals like you don't put the right people around them you don't give them the right information or the education and it can then become something that is quite dysfunctional rather than actually fun and enjoyable and um you know kind of what it was meant to start off being
1: yeah i mean this is going to challenge a lot of a lot of people out there right now who will be listening to this is I mean, there's, there's several kind of Topics here that we're going to be kind of covering, where we are challenging the current status quo of a lot of these kind of sports. A lot of sports out there right now, where they're from the grassroots level all the way through to the elite level, where people simply aren't being supported enough. They're kind of on their own, um, and you know they're, they're these. The goals are being set too high, or they're setting, or the individual is setting a goal too high, and then with that mindset you're talking about, they're kind of just. They're going for it.
0: Yeah, and definitely, you know, just, just to pick up on what you just said, Chris, about the grassroots level, like that's my biggest concern is like the the junior pathway, the grassroots level where there's a massive pool of talent, right? There's yeah. a big pool of talent and these youngsters will look up to athletes that they put up there on a pedestal. They see them every day. They see them performing. They see them achieving and they think that's where I want to be and they get an opportunity but they're put into this, this big group of individuals. And it is, it literally is dog eat dog. Like, you know, I've, I've worked in that field. I've, I've, I've had individuals that I've had to work with because of the impact that has on them. And unfortunately it comes, you know, it's, it's almost feels like it's a really disposable situation because the coach involved, or the, or the coaches involved in that situation, or that the, the fan, you know whatever the federation involved in that, in that situation, however we want to look at it, they know they've got a massive pool. So if someone doesn't quite cut it, they're out. Yeah. So it's it's cutthroat. It's it's brutal. And these individuals, again, you think about them, especially if they are that the kind of the younger age, they're desperate. They want to prove their worth. They want to prove that they can do this. They want to prove that you know they are as good as they feel they should be. And yet again, they have that perfectionist mindset, which means they never feel good enough.
1: Yeah, and going back to that, you know, the, the, what we said at the beginning, where you know, it's it, we, we understand sport is about performance, it's about outcome. You know, everyone wants to kind of win. I mean, even at the even at the I don't know the most amateur level, you know, just taking part, you kind of want to better yourself the, ne- the next time. You yeah, you absolutely.
0: You know, you do fight, you do your park run. You want to get a better time the next time. That's that's normal, but at the expense of what? Yeah. You
1: know, like this is this is what we want to kind of get across. We don't want this to be a negative podcast with an episode. We want to kind of under, we want you to understand there's a holistic approach to how you should be thinking, uh, behaving towards your sport. You know, it's yes, it's about, you know, you want to be better yourself. But if it compromises your health across the board, then that is that's that's not that's not a healthy outcome.
0: No. And I think that's it. Like, you know, obviously we Chris and I are at a bit of an advantage in this in that this is what we work with day in, day out. Um, You know, we we do help athletes who have gone down this very performance driven, which has then created those dysfunctional behaviors and affected their health. We help them to restore and become more sustainable and robust athletes, which is kind of what we're saying is that, of course, you want performance. Of course, of course, you want outcome like, you know, I'm as competitive as the next person. Mm -hmm. But I also know that if I don't do it in a sustainable manner, I won't be able to be consistent with my training. I won't be able to get the consistent outcomes that I'm looking for.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, as a coach, like, you know, for me, obviously working, working in strength and conditioning, it's kind of, you know, I could easily just be talking about, you know, how strong can I get you? You know, how, how much weight, more weight can I put through you? How much faster can I push you? You know, but it's, it's at the expense of what, you know, risk versus reward. You know, I'm always thinking because of our work together, I'm mm. thinking about that individual's health. What's their sleep like? How's, it, you know, how's the intensity? Is it too much at the moment? Are they doing too much? You know, there's so many factors that have to be taken into consideration, and especially with the individual you're working with. So if you're working on the track and you've got 20 individuals, they're all going to be listening and perceiving what you're asking them to do in different ways. And just to simply tell them what to do is not enough. I know it's harsh to say because I know a lot of you out there probably aren't getting paid to do what you do, but you have to understand the responsibility that you have as a coach. And this is another topic we're gonna to really springboard into later on in another podcast. But the you know the mindset, the mentality of the individual you're working with, you really have to be aware, like we have to kind of gauge everything appropriately.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think you have to respond to what is also in front of you. Like, you know, and and you know, I've said this before in terms of like, I, going back to sort of junior athletes, I really like the Norwegian principles where in Norway, basically you, you can, you can be part of a sport. You participate in a sport, um, you take part, you know, et cetera, but you don't compete until you are over 18. Oh, wow. So you don't, they, we don't have like the English schools. We don't have, they don't have any of that kind of competitiveness because what they're trying to do is create some, sustainable training you know to get some really like the whole emphasis is not on continually having to prove yourself it's actually about enjoying the sport you know like i've worked with individuals who started running at 13 by the time they get to 21 they actually dislike the sport so much because it's no longer fun it's just pressure
1: yeah, because I see this again, like, you know, I see young cyclists, a couple of young cyclists I'm working with right now. We all know who they're going to be focusing on. You know, they're going to be thinking about the Garrett Thomases, the Chris Froome's of the world. These young, weird young men, young boys, you know, they're kind of prepubescent they're kind of in that age where you know and they're already thinking about stripping weight they're already thinking about large large volumes of training you know they're 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 thinking that towards that pointy end already and they're out thinking about you know the years and years of base base training you need to be getting into them and you know the other thing is life living mm. living now they're already thinking about that you know just just performance and yeah. there's no lifestyle and living in there so it's that i think this is what we're trying to get across is like we understand that to be great at something you've got to f- dial in and focus down on it but if you are not taking a holistic approach to it if you're as a coach if you're not if you're just giving training if you're just giving you know filling that individual's training peaks account and you're not taking in consideration all those other lifestyle factors you know asleep they're social are they socializing are they fueling you you're you're not being responsible like and that's again we're going to talk about this later on in another podcast
0: yeah and i think also remember that you know often we hear about we hear about our heroes. Should we talk about it in that way? We hear about our, the athlete, you know, the, the athletic or the, 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 the athlete that makes it um, when they've made it. What we don't hear about are the years and years and years before where they've fallen off their bike or they've had a massive injury or they've had to work really hard at a particular technique. Or we don't hear that. And someone who has worked in very high level sport, I see the you know I see the commitment and I see the training and I see the years it takes for somebody to then get that one moment on the track where they get their gold medal or whatever it is, but but the emphasis on that you know is, is I think people then go well I'm going to be the next such and such without realizing that that individual has probably got ten years of training age within them minimum
1: minimum. So we were talking about this the other day. Sport as a disguise.
0: Yeah, so you know, like obviously, something I see all the time is athletes hide behind their sport um, as a way of kind of ignoring the fact that it's a problem, right? Because yeah. yeah. like you can, you can, you know, you can, you can go and use the, the the format of, well, I'm an athlete, so I can't eat that, for example, or I'm an athlete, so I can't go out, or I'm an athlete, so I can't drink, or I'm an athlete, so I need to put in four hours of training a day. And I also find it quite interesting because more and more individuals that we work with who are not the kind of professional elite end either, but a lot of them are going, I need to do double days. I have to put two sessions in a day. And it's like, well, where's that coming from? Because well, it's coming it, from elite performance. Well, I mean, yeah.
1: they've taken a, they've taken a, I mean, because of social media and yeah. the Internet. Now we are able to access programs or lifestyles of of the, of the elite again we're skipping we're going from that we're we're trying to run before we can walk when you know our bodies aren't able to we're not even sure if our bodies can even withstand that type of volume and that type of intensity but it's being applied whether you're being coached in that way or you're just simply giving it a crack yourself that that's what we're kind of we're having to we'll work through now and it's kind of that's it's hard
0: the other thing that i think is really interesting is that a lot of people are putting their training on instagram like what they do and I I personally do have an issue with that. Like I, I, I get that some people might find that really interesting and really helpful, but I have an issue with that because, you know, fundamentally, we know that Instagram, social media, it causes social comparison. So we are constantly comparing ourselves to other individuals And we know that's got a real negative impact on mental health because we've got lots of studies that even prove that. And often if you are an individual that we're discussing, so these individuals that are perfectionist driven, your self-worth is probably not that amazing all the time. So you will be upwardly comparing yourself all the time. And so I'm not talking about elite level athletes at this precise moment. I'm just talking about people who put their training on, you know, what does that? Why are you doing that? Like, what what is that about? Because all you're doing really is kind of creating some sort of accolade or badge of honour that this is what I've done and this is what I've achieved. But do you ever think about the impact that actually might have on somebody else who looks up to you? You know, I've I've said this about social media before, and it's a slightly off-tangent, but not really. As soon as you have a following, you have a responsibility. And I know from my own personal social media... Like I never post what I eat. And there's a reason for that because I know that people follow me. But what I eat is completely personal to me. It shouldn't dictate what somebody else's eat. And it's the same with training. Like, you know, you shouldn't be following somebody else's training plan because you don't know what else they're doing in that day. You don't know how they're refueling. You don't know how they're recovering. You don't know if they've got jobs. Like, you know, it's really important to understand that. And it's the same, going down that same line, what I just want to add is that Never before have we had so much access to high profile individuals, right? So when, you know, when Chris, when when you and I were growing up, we didn't have social media. So we would hear about snippets through magazine interviews or radio interviews or TV interviews. But now we have 24 hours a day access. So we can follow people like Chris Froome. We can follow people like Paula Radcliffe. We can follow people like strength for endurance and renee mcgregor we can follow people and kind of go oh right okay well because i'm following them and you you almost feel like you know them
1: Mm.
0: like the number of times i and and don't get me wrong i love messages but sometimes people send me really quite personal messages and i'm like it's really lovely that you care and it's really lovely that you're making that comment but you don't know me yeah 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 But people feel they know you because they're following you and you're part of their, you know, you're part of their social network. So what I'm saying to that is, is that, again, if you are following someone like Chris Froome or some other athlete that you look up to and you're idolizing, remember that you don't know them. And actually, if this was a different era, which sounds really old fashioned, but if it was a different era, you wouldn't know half as much as you do know about them and you would have to go through the process of what they've been through to get anywhere close to their kind of level of training.
1: I think one well, of the other points I wanted to talk about in the holistic, the holistic side of things is the isolation mm. and, and the loneliness. We've we kind of, we've, we talk about this quite a lot within, especially in endurance sports, the nature of the sport. Um, it, it kind of, it, it kind of just, it, it pushes people down a certain path, doesn't it? And it can, it gets, well, it can get worse.
0: Yeah. And I think like, again, you know, if we think about the types of people that we're talking about, the more isolated they become, the more fixated they're going to become on their training. Mm-hmm. And the more fixated they become on their training, the more obsessive they become, and then potentially the more dysfunctional their health and, and their relationship with their training can, can be. And a lot of that is because they have this mindset that they just have to train, 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 and they forget that they actually need a life. You know, and athletes need a balanced life. They need social interaction because they almost need to realize that that there is something other than just you know running around a track or you know putting hours on the road like they, they need that because um, one of the other things to remember guys is that when you are isolated generally speaking that's when your negative thoughts are also most dominant
1: yeah it is because you've got no you're just you're in, you're in your own head yeah I, and this we you know we don't mean to sound negative it's just we this is a a daily this is the these are the thoughts that are constantly going through our heads in terms of the experience that we have working with individuals where you know we're working with individuals who who have who are successful to a certain degree they are they're winning um they've got great times they're great athletes they're good at what they do however they are they have chronic health issues because they no one has really opened their eyes to these these points and the point of this whole thing is about kind of really just trying to open your eyes up to how many other variables you should be considering if you're looking. And it's not, again, it's not about the performance, not about the outcome. It's just so much more to consider if you're working with athletes or if you're an athlete yourself. There's, there's so many pillars of performance that you should be thinking about. And again, you know, there's another topic there that we're probably going to bring up. But, you know, the holistic side of, of sport, you know, there's so much more than just wins the, mm. the training like the, the the statistics you know that's the easy stuff unfortunately guys like the, the other stuff that we really care about the other stuff that we really care about is is the holistic side so that's kind of why we're bringing this up so I think it's been a really good chance for us to kind of just dive into more of the training side of things so really kind of um, just kind of isolate things a little bit more and talk about an individual's training and probably my biggest issues with a lot of sports I work with is that obviously people are looking for instant results I have individuals that have done a 5K and are now jumping into a half marathon marathon. You've got sprint triathletes going into an full Ironman within the space of six months. You know, this is because of social media, because of the internet, because of this world we live in. Guys, people are trying to run before they can walk and they don't appreciate the physiology of their body, the psychology behind the sport of going longer, pushing harder, increasing volume, increasing intensity. And again, there's a lot of coaches out there who are happy just to deliver training to this and they will will progressively increase that, but they don't really take into consideration the holistic side of it you know like it's easy to ramp numbers up it's easy to give them someone uh, increase their their load their training load by 10 percent every week until they hit those those uh allocated numbers to that required to run a half marathon marathon distance however are you really taking into consideration that individual's lifestyle habits
0: yeah and also like ask yourself why (laughs) like why do you have to jump from 5k to marathon in six months like I, I, I don't, I I don't understand. I do understand why I know why people do it, but I, it's like as a coach, you should be asking why. And especially when you have, again, I, I'm focusing not primarily, primarily on junior athletes, but I think I'm seeing a lot of them at the moment. So they're in the forefront of my mind, but a lot of junior athletes, a lot of youngsters doing marathon in their early twenties. And I just think it's too early you know, the damage that's going to do to your bones and to your tendons and to your ligaments, if you want to carry on doing it for another 10, 20 years, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's, it's too early. And I guess what I'm coming back to is, again, if we think about the mindset of the individual, is why do they need to prove their worth? Because that's what a lot of this comes back down to, is that this, you know, when it becomes something that they feel they have to keep doing to prove, to collect accolades, to collect achievements, you know, Why? Like, why do you need to do that? Because it's fine to just, just consolidate on your 5K, your 10K to start with. Mm. You know, if we think about, let, let's look at, I mean, he's he a well-known athlete. Maybe he's a bit controversial. But if we look at someone like Mo Farah, he started off on the track. He has significantly spent a lot of his time doing 5K, 10, you know, 5,000 meters, 10,000 meters, 5,000 meters, 10,000 meters. And it's only been in the last few years where he's jumped up to the marathon distance and he admits it's a big jump like he's he said it out it's a big jump and it's hard
1: to take him, you know he admittedly i said going to take me quite a few years to get to the point where i, I think i need to or I, I want to be yeah you know is that openness and he, how has he done it he's moved abroad you know he's he trains abroad to kind of get that conditioning because he, it's a process yeah and it's the process, guys, that we're talking about when it comes to training. The, a lot of you are trying to, you know, you are trying to skip skip the process. You're trying to skip, the, you know, trying to sprint through the journey. And again, because you're obsessed about the performance and the outcome, coaches and athletes alike. And again, that's where the health will always always suffer. Your health will always suffer psychologically, physiologically.
0: And if your health suffers, you can't actually get the performance you're looking for. That's the bit that people don't ever stop and think about.
1: Yeah, the consistency, guys. The consistency is everything when it comes to performance. Like, if you cannot turn up time and time, you know, to every session, fresh, ready to go, like, you know, like ready to ready to perform, you're just simply not going to be able to hit hit those uh, hit those key metrics. And that's where you are got to be missing. You're missing the beat, big time.
0: And I think the other thing I'm just sat here thinking about this is that, you know, I'm thinking about one of our guys who he's he's. He's young, like he's eighteen, mm. and and he's great, but he is so desperate to prove that he can be brilliant, which we actually all know he can be.
1: Oh, he's already showing that. Like, yeah, he has done it. He's done it already. Like we know he's got the, he's got it.
0: Yeah, but he needs to be thinking about I'm going to be brilliant in ten years, not right now. And I think it's that it's it's that space, isn't it? It's that space of. I want it now Mm -hmm. rather than actually I need to be okay with following the journey, following the process, learning from my mistakes, learning from how my body responds to different types of training, making sure I've got the right people around me because, you know, you need to kind of, you know, get to know whether your team is the right team for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm jumping in straight away there with the team guys, like, no one does the, does it alone. Like the best of the best, they have a team around them. Okay, you've all got to understand this. Like whether you're a coach, listening to this, or a, you're a aspiring, someone who just wants to get better at whatever they're doing, but you've got to have a team around you. And it, all of these successful people have had teams. They've, they've evolved those teams over the years. They've gained experience. But it takes you know not only does it take time, it takes that kind of that, you know, that wide variety of, of experience to build build you up.
0: Yeah. And, and something I saw, like, again, when I was working um, in the, the, the kind of highly end is often sports employ very junior practitioners hmm. because it's cheaper mm-hmm. fundamentally. Um, but the problem is that often these junior practitioners and I'm, I'm not having a go at junior practitioners. I was one once, hmm. um, but often these junior practitioners are quite they're quite also quite ego hungry. You know, they, they want that association with that sport, with that medal. They, they're they so desperate for that themselves. Almost, they're almost the same mentality as the athlete.
1: But I'm going to jump in again. The outcome, the thing is they also probably have pressure from a hierarchy oh, yeah. to have a certain outcome. And it's just based on that. There's no like real, there's no real like, they're not asking about the individual, the athlete's health that they're working with. They're, they're saying, well, why didn't so-and-so get X at the weekend?
0: Oh, 100% because I know I've been there. Like, mm. you know, we were there after Rio and in the it, when we were there at Rio, I remember sitting watching the athletes that I was supporting there. Thinking, oh, my God, we need to get a medal because if we don't get a medal, we're going to lose our jobs. I mean, that's a horrible headspace, horrible headspace. And actually, it was that that made me stop and reflect and think, is this the industry I want to be in? Mm. Because I don't feel comfortable having that question hanging over my head.
1: It's a fine line elite perform uh, any type of like high performance is always gonna be a fine line you're gonna walk in a fine line you've got to find that optimum w- weight you've got to find those optimum numbers to take to, 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 to hit to be able to be successful just you know in a, in, a, in a race however you know what what's the aftermath you know if you're working with athletes that are you know one in ten you know, that you know you, you're breaking nine athletes and you're getting one success story is that a successful coach as a, as a as a particular couple of coaches i know in the triathlon space who are famously known for breaking athletes and statistically he break they break more athletes than they actually make but because of the, the one or two they are successful with they they are fantastic coaches that's rubbish I don't care. Like coming from a coach, like if I break, you know, if I'm responsible for breaking anyone, that that is that has a great weight on my mind. I, you know, like it's it, it to, and that's the thing. Like they're, they're, again, going back to responsible, being a responsible coach, like there's so much more to k- take into consideration than just outcome, just mm. performance.
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: Um, social. When we're talking, I think just carrying on that, that thought of social comparison. Like we're talking about, um, we're talking about um, a yeah, young, a young eighteen-year-old um who was kind of we know he's thinking about Chris Froome a lot of the time he's thinking mm. about Geraint Thomas he's thinking about that body image and trying to find those extreme body uh body shapes I mean what do you think I mean how do you think he can manage that you know if he's listening
0: I think like first thing to remember is that you can never really compare yourself to anybody except for yourself mm-hmm you know, we're all completely different. So just because, you know, a certain athlete has a certain physique that has got him the results that he has got, doesn't mean it's just the physique that's got him those results. I think that's the other thing to remember, like you, we fixate on this race weight, we fixate on this physique, but often it's everything else Hmm. that's got them to that point of achievement you know it's it's the combinations like you've said earlier it's the the team around them it's the it's it's the kind of periodization of their training it's the going to train at altitude or whatever like there's there's so much involved with success in sport Um, but you just see the little glimpses on instagram and as i said earlier it means that you you almost believe you know that person because you're looking at it all the time and it's like, well, if that's what they have for breakfast, that's what I'll have for breakfast. Mm. And yet you don't know that they firstly that they ate that breakfast because, you know, we all post stuff that maybe we don't do. Um, but also, how do you know they didn't have something else immediately after mm. that they didn't post? So I think like I'm always cautious with Instagram and, you know, and social media, although I think it can be a really great tool. And obviously I use it personally. And so do you, Chris, as an educational tool. It can also be something that... You know, you have to kind of go, okay, well, that's just one moment in that person's life that I can see. And I don't know the rest of that person. But all I can do is understand what I need for myself to be the athlete that I want to be. And I think that's where you have to start. Again, it comes back down to changing your response to the thoughts that are coming into your head by looking at that image.
1: I, I want to challenge... I want to challenge a number of the coaches out there. I want to challenge a number of the kind of leading kind of social media giants out there who are in a lot of the sports at the moment who are, who are all just about the likes. Mm-hmm. I think like you know, when you're on the ground, when you're working with athletes, when you're working with people on a daily basis, we live in a world now where it's all about that. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, these sort of social media giants, these kind of YouTubers, these, they push a lot of the glamour. Okay, and they don't talk enough about the education. And there's again, there's that responsibility they should have to 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 open their eyes of the of their viewers to a lot more about. It's not just about performance and outcome. It's about the health and, and actually enjoying it, and not just enjoying it, but making sure that they, you know they're, they're ticking other boxes and there's other boxes being ticked there. So. Those of you that are listening, who are coaches, I challenge you to start thinking more about when you're prescribing, uh, prescribing work, workouts, with prescribing training. Um, just think more about uh, asking your your athletes whether they have, you know, how's their sleep. How's their, like, how's work? How's their social life? How have they been getting out recently? All those other things that we've been talking about to, to, today because it's this is what we're talking about. Again, going back to what we said at the beginning, it's not just about performance and outcome. Like, that's, like, training's the easy bit. Can you manage your athlete's health? Can you keep them consistent? Can you keep them healthy across the board? That is, that is, well, that's my our challenge to you. Um, so I think takeaways for today, um, identifying
0: yeah so i think like what we're saying about that is how do you identify if you're in that dark hole you know like and i guess you know some key things like physical things might be that actually you are just getting injured a lot you maybe like you just pointed out chris like sleep can be affected um if you are someone that checks heart rate variability which a lot of athletes do use these days with an app and stuff you know if that is consistently problematic like it's consistently telling you that you are exhausted and you're not giving yourself enough recovery you know these are all signs that something's not right um and i think it's really hard to admit because you are that compulsive compulsive obsessive mindset that kind of just wants to keep on pushing and keep on pushing and keep on pushing but remember that actually it's when you give your body a break it's when you give it a chance to consolidate when the real progress actually happens
1: yeah i mean this podcast is all about building sustainable athletes like, don't forget that. Like, and it's, so it's about education. So, if uh, we want you from this type of from t- from today's episode is about like asking yourself those these t- to ask these yourself these types of questions. Yeah. You know, like yes, you're ticking the you know you're 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 getting green. You on know, all, all of your training peaks account. You know, you're, you're doing all the sessions. That's great. You know, that's that's that that's what it is. That, that's fine, but are you sleeping well are you fueling well are you you know all those things that we talked about today like i want you to start thinking about it and, and are you being patient mm. you know are you consistent if you're as i said this it really says you're being you're in, you're constantly getting niggles and injuries you're not ticking that box because there's an inconsistency straight away there so there's something else that you're not doing right there
0: and also do you have a social life <laughs> yeah. like that's really important i was talking to a young athlete just what just a few days ago wasn't it and and you know one of the things is she she's lonely She ticks off all her training sessions and she has that absolute obsessive mindset. But the problem is because she just thinks about that, she hasn't really got a support network that are not athletic Hmm. or even who are athletic, but actually know how to let their hair down every now and again. Like it's so important for athletes to know that there's a balance. We're not saying, you know, go out drinking every single night and, you know, train on a hangover. That's not what I'm saying. But actually knowing that you need downtime it's so important for your soul so important for your soul
1: yeah you're going to you just got to appreciate those moments a lot more down the, down the line
0: yeah definitely so what can you do if you have identified that you have got maybe a slightly dark relationship with your training i think the first thing is obviously um, accepting that it might be a problem i would think about the people you're working with you know like ask yourself as great as your relationship might be with them, are they the right people for you? Are they supporting you in the way that you need? I know that, you know, I, over the years, not just from a training point of view, also just from a work point of view and from a personal point of view, you know, I have now created a really great network of people around me that keep me afloat and also hold me accountable, but also challenge me when I'm, when I'm like being a bit ridiculous Mm. um so that would be the first thing if you're worried about your health there's some really good stuff guys on the health for number four performance website which is a medically written website um so do have a look at that there's information there for coaches athletes carers um, and medical professionals so please 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 have a look on there um Also, you can get in touch with us like we're happy to answer any questions, as we always say, you know, put the hashtag train, ask train brave so that we can um, acknowledge where it's coming from. But, yeah, don't sit there and suffer in silence.
1: Yeah. One person isn't going to know everything. Okay, so if you've got a coach. Don't feel you're allowed to have more than one voice, you know, voice of opinion, voice, you know, a voice to talk to someone to talk to you, because a lot of you. Have never don't have that network, and you've got to have a few people in that in coming in to, from different experiences, different different professions to give you a, a nice holistic holistic balance to your life. And if you've just got one voice in your head, I understand that you know things can get confusing, but like you you cannot just have it cannot just be about the performance because you you as soon as that happens, if you become obsessed and you go down that line down that road, your health is going to become compromised that's when the issues are going to come in and then you're going to lose that consistency and then you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. So it's finding that balance and it's, again, it's sustainability. It's finding that balance and it's having the right voices to, to listen, to talk to, to, uh, you know, just to work with to, to create that nice sustainability.
0: Yeah. So thanks guys for listening. Um, we hope you found this podcast um, useful and informative and obviously you know where we are if you have any questions and we will be back soon.
1: See you soon.